Welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. I am the aforementioned Max, and welcome to another week of my ramblings. Let's go on ahead and get right into it. So, Cocaine Quagmire is going to jail. Period. Cocaine Quagmire is Matt Getz, because if you look at him, you can see that he looks like, you know, Glenn Quagmire from Family Guy. Um, and they have a lot in common, lots of transactional sex, kind of a scumbag. You see where I'm going. Someone called him that on Twitter and I've never recovered. So that's his name now. Anyway, Coke Quagmire is going to jail because his man's them, this cat Greenberg, who was a top level scammer that got put into the position of like tax collector for some town in Florida and man's immediately got to trafficking uh, young girls of which uh, old Coke Quagmire got into the mix with by paying for their attentions because look at him. Why would anything he do he would do with anyone not be transactional? Um, basically, he snitched to the feds so he can he was initially going to be charged with like 31 counts of thieving scamming and trafficking but he got those down to six counts that he pled guilty to so that lets you know that he been talking talking and apparently the feds have been talking to other people who were also involved and coke quagmire being the scumbag that he is was calling it he was calling it giving money for naughty favors that's what he said in a room full of mouth-breathing dickheads like himself. Naughty favors, my nigga. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God, go to jail, you fucking bitch. Anyway, he thinks he's going to skate. I don't really think so because not only are the feds talking to his boy and his boy is spilling all the tea so he can get, I don't know, less than 12 years that he's looking at. And um, there are other people in the mix that the feds are talking to. And there are other political cats in Florida who are also in the mix of this whole thing. I'm really starting to believe that Florida is a hotbed of trafficking and a whole lot of um, influential cats are in the mix because that's where um, Epstein did a lot of his uh, scum shit and was getting the wild pass. So I guess Coke Quagmire thinks that he's going to get over too, but I don't know, man. It's not looking popping. Um, in other news, Palestinian lives matter. Okay, let's just put that right there to start. Um, ongoing lopsided shit with the Israelis. You know, from time the Palestinians would throw rocks and they would and they would come back with like mad shells and you know state violence. You know. Because people are protesting having to live in what is basically an open-air prison where you can't move around. You get booted out of the places that you were um, born and bred in, shoved out of communities that you've built around the fact that you've been basically shoved into a tiny little strip of nothingness for Dolo. Now, I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, some sort of historian or um, expert in the relations between Palestinians and Israelis. But I got to say, this shit is lopsided and the math don't math. And the only time they talk about people being violent 
is not when the Israelis make it rain shells on teeny communities that basically don't have shit already that they've been getting crushed from time since cats pulled up in 48 like this is nice we're taking it get out of the way folks don't fucking question it yeah they only talk about violence when the folks who are being uh inflicted by all kinds of fuck shit push back that sound familiar anyway um the math ain't mathin'. Um, I'm hoping that for once these cats will get called to the carpet and they can't use the get out of jail free pass of, well, you're an anti-Semite if you don't think it's okay for us to murder people wholesale with the help of the U.S. government giving them four billion fucking dollars of your and my tax motherfucking money to do it and the training and the weapons. Oh, and did you know that their police who are big on like cracking domes for people who don't want their domes cracked and just want to live in peace, come here to train our police so they can crack our domes because we want to live in peace and not be murdered by them. You see how it all, you know, links up? Their freedom fighters are freedom fighting. If you can't be on the right side of history for this, you're fucking up. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, in other news, the January assholes are not as brave as you would think they were when they pulled up at the Capitol. Capitol. <laughs> at the Capitol to wreck up the place and, and while out. Cause now that the handful that they caught, yeah, the handful that they caught are using all levels of fuck shit to try to get out of trouble. Lying and saying they got Asperger's. They've got, um, uh, that they were led astray by the rat King. They were led astray by Fox news that they have mental defects, which is fucking disrespectful and ableist and disgusting. And here's one more dickhole who's leading it into that. Men's who's fucking um, the attorney for the cat who had the horns on, who was the shaman of QAnon. Remember that fucker who was in desperate need of, you know, organic foods while in jail and actually got them because that's how whiteness works. Now he's like... <laughs> insulting everybody's intelligence as well as using ableist disgusting ass fucking language to excuse the actions of these fucking shit heels man's really was up stood up as a lawyer and and made this as a fucking statement where he was like these defendants they're all fucking short bus people they're people with brain damage they're fucking retarded they're on the goddamn spectrum that's what this motherfucker said with a straight face in a place where everybody can hear it. This is also the same motherfucker who provided counsel and defense to those two fucking jabronis who decided to jump out of their fucking mansion with the weaponry on cock to point at innocent black folks who were just wanting to fucking protest the fact that the cops keep killing us. And I don't know what fucking defense he gave them. It doesn't fucking matter. Fuck him. Fuck them. And fuck everybody involved in this shit who are looking for a get out of jail fucking free pass by using ableism and all other fucking assorted bullshit to get loose. Y'all should have thought about that shit before you fucking listened to the Rat King and pulled up and started wilding in a fucking secure space. Anyway, that's that on that. Fuck them until they all die. Anyhooser, what else, what else, what else? The girls, they're still fighting. This time, it's in Maricopa County in Arizona, where the state GOP dummies, losers, all of them, have 
insisted on getting this fake audit of the um, election going. It's been six months. They're still going, guys. Um, Basically, they tried to say that the county supervisors was doing crimes and that they deleted voter information from the database, which was easily disproven. And that particular county board of supervisors is made up of like six people, five GOP cats and one Democrat. And they are all tired of these motherfuckers shit. And they're basically loudly saying, y'all got to let this bullshit go. Y'all got to stop with this fucking big lie bullshit. And y'all are out here fucking disparaging us on this bullshit that is easily proved. But the, you know, the rat king approves because... You know, he's the rat king. It's what he likes. Chaos is the brand. He is stupid little finger. And chaos is a fucking ladder. And he's trying to use that ladder to get money just like the rest of these GOPOs because they fundraising off this shit. The majority of the cats who are insisting on making sure this fake audit continues are people who ain't even living in the state of Arizona because they big mad that they lost that state. And, you know, chaos is a ladder to coins. Because in the end, that's what it's all about, right? It's the biggest scam running. So these bitches are keeping the party going. And the Board of Supervisors is sick of their shit. Because their fucking lives are in danger. Because all these wings are like, yeah, y'all did that shit. And now we want to kill you. So they don't want no smoke and they want the bullshit to end. I think that the girls are going to end up splitting up, just like they said. And And it'll just be like, the wings will probably be like, what they should be, to be honest, which I'd been saying for a very long time, they should be a, like a, a a marginalized fringe bunch of wackadoos that no one pays any attention to. And then the other guys go off and do their roachy shit that they've always done in the name of fiscal responsibility or whatever fucking bullshit they tell themselves. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, the girls are still fighting and I'm living. I hope they cannibalize each other. Um, What else? What else? What else? Oh, Tish James is coming for that ass, apparently. Um, My state of New York's attorney general has announced that not only are they looking at the Trump organization on some civil cases, some civil criminal shit, they are also looking for that ass on a criminal shit. And I do believe they're probably coming after them on some RICO shit like it's a mob organization. And I can't wait for the charges to come down. I want everybody to snitch, to save their own rotten selves, and I want them to topple the Rat King and send him and all those little roachy little spawn droppings that he fell, that fell from his crotch to jail with him because it's what they fucking deserve. Barest of fucking minimums, they deserve jail. So it's not just Georgia checking for that ass. It's New York and it's been New York and I'm here for it because scum been scumming for a very long time, which we tried to tell y'all. And it's time for the bill to come due. You know what I'm saying? I'm off that. I want some motherfucking recrimination, some fucking responsibility. I want some fucking shit to come down for them because they deserve. They've ruined lives. There's a lot of bodies on them. There's a whole lot of shit that these motherfuckers have done to people from time. And they need to get the fucking, uh, you know, boomeranging effect. They need that karma. I need to see it. I'd love to see it. I need to see it. 
So there's that on that. Also, also, rest in peace to the GOAT, um, Paul Mooney. Um, he passed today, which is Wednesday, where I'm um, when I'm recording. And um, he's the reason why your favorites are great. And that's that on that. Um, as he joins the ancestors, I hope they're all having a good cackle together. And that is that on that. So today on the podcast, I have um, an interview <laughs> with Nubias Wilborn, who is a sports writer. And <laughs> it's a long one, guys. <laughs> but it was so much fun. It was such a fun conversation about sports ball and all of like the things around sports ball, the scummy shit around sports ball. Um, you know, just it was just a fun conversation with a very cool person. And I hope you guys enjoy. And it's coming up in two seconds. Today on the podcast, I have a sports reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He is a lover of good skincare and gathering fools on the internet. He, we are both bonded by our love of Ozark and the only, he is the only reason I go into that God forsaken app uh, clubhouse every week. Today I have with me, Nubias Wilborn. Welcome to Mostly Max and other things. Oh, geez. I don't know if I can live up to that. I just try my best, man, but uh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is awesome, man. It's a blessing. Really oh, I'm so happy to have you. I'm glad you were able to come on and like we could sit down to chop it up a little and talk about stuff and go off book because that's hey, man, what we Let's do, do it. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. My first question is, what do you do and why do you do it? What do I do and why do I do it? I guess I have to keep it professional since you already told the folks where I work. So, you know, oh, I, no, it's all good. No, no, no. It's just one of those things. You got to be careful out here in these streets, man. We talked about Clubhouse early, man. This social media, these apps are dangerous. People they will say, air you out. Listen, people say really wild things as if, though, we can't find your name. So it's amazing to me. And I, I mean... I tell people every time, whenever I do orientations, because, you know, I'm an HR lady. Um, whenever I do orientations, I say to people all the time, if you don't want it on a billboard, don't put it on the Internet. If you don't right. want it to come up in an audit for a court case, don't mm -hmm. put it where you think that nobody will see it. It's a lie. Hey. Take your burdens to the group chat. And I guess it's weird because like I've, as a journalist and I've been in, in journalism for geez, about 10, 12 years now. So a lot of my life on social media has been public. So I guess to answer your question, what I do, you know, I write about sports. I, I go to games, you know, when I can, when I have to wear a mask now and a shield yeah. and gloves. How's that been, and, How's that been affecting Oh, geez. It's weird, Max, because everything is Zoom. Everything mm -hmm. is so I'm lucky I still get to go to games, um, mm -hmm. which is one of the cool things about working for the Post Gazette. There's still, as of now, there's still some if it's safe. Right. Um, I just, now I'm not saying whether people should or shouldn't get vaccinated. It's up to each individual. I have made the decision to be vaccinated. I am, according to, I guess, whatever doctors, and we're still learning all this, mm -hmm. am fully vaccinated as of last Tuesday, we're recording this um, on a Thursday. Bang, bang, so, vaccination gang. <laughs> hey man, I mean, and I just tested 
So it's funny. I, I went out to a, with a with a colleague of mine last night. We went to go grab some dinner, and I got my test back. It was negative. I was like, oh gosh. So so I was like, okay, cool, and I'll have that. So Penn State that I cover, they have a spring game on Saturday. I'll go to the game in person. I'll sit in the press box. I'll still wear a shield. I'll still wear a mask. I'll still right. do that. And you know, the availability is still Zoom. We get the benefit of actually getting to see things in person because they're not televising the spring game right so looking forward to you know writing what happens and hope to give people some insight but it's weird max it's, it's strange doing it where you're not talking to people in person because it's very interactive the back it and is. forth like being live in the room yes, so i yes, can imagine yes. how weird and off-putting it is it's strange the screen and like the energy's different yeah because you know? you're also trying to tell the stories of these athletes and you know, you look at pro sports and even college sports where, I mean, people don't become division one athletes. Mm. They don't. Typically speaking, if someone is at a school like Penn State, they're typically the best high school athlete their community has seen. Mm. Because again, Penn State, major university, they're trying to compete for national championships. They send players to the league every year. They have about eight guys who probably go to the league this year. They regularly send players to the NFL. And for that university, they send them to the NFL. That means they might have some money to give back to the school. And it's a whole thing. They do all the supports to make sure those guys have everything they need. Right. And these are oftentimes, these football teams are 75% black. Mm. These are young black men. Now, mm. I have my conflicts with the NFL as a structure, label, and crew. <laughs> as most of us do. As you, it's hard not to. Yeah. However... I don't know if there's an entity in this world that has created more black millionaires in the NFL. Ain't that something? And they have to put their bodies on the line to do it. Yeah, and that's a tough thing. So what I try to do is I try to humanize it as much as possible. Right. It's hard to humanize it when you don't have the human interactions. Right. And that's right. where that's where my biggest struggle has been because you're on Zoom, you're on it with a, what 30 other writers and you're all getting, because let's be real, like, if you've ever watched a press conference or seen something, you could tell what the money quote is, right? Mm -hmm. You could tell what the big storyline is going to be. And so, yeah, everybody's going to have that same quote. Or like LeBron just saying two words and then picking up his baggage yes. and walking the fuck out. Here's the thing, and I've talked about this before, but they don't prepare you in journalism school or in life school for people truly giving a fuck about what you think. Mm. Like your opinion actually driving conversations. Because most of us barely have anybody in our lives who actually fucking listen to us, let's be honest. Because quite honestly, most people aren't really, there are people in this world who should, there's the old saying, what you got two ears and one mouth? Mm. All right. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why that saying exists and and there's also, you talk about journalism, there was a time in our business where in sports, you started out maybe covering high schools and you would work your way up and you mm -hmm. just report what happened. And mm -hmm. maybe you get lucky, you kind of move up, you move up, and then maybe you do a certain amount of time, you become a columnist. Okay. That's when you actually get to give an opinion. That's where it used to be. Right. Like the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, again, people could think, I, I mean, I, I like Stephen, I've met him. He's okay. a really good dude. Okay. Now, now was it now? Now the brother loud. Now he that that that, that he is loud, and that's very really, very. Uh, the voice carries. And, and unable that's, to modulate. 
Hey, listen, if you ever been in the same room with that brother, you you gonna know he's there. <laughs> you gonna know Stephen A. Smith is oh my in God. the building. But he's, but listen, he's cool. Mm-hmm. He is, he is a cool dude. I like him. He has been someone who's been cool with me and cool with other people. Mm-hmm. He still comes back to NABJ. He kicks it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now some of the stuff he says on TV, whatever. But my point is, is that he earned his way there Fair. to be exactly. someone who was on to TV. Be annoying everybody. Right. Yeah. Because listen. opinion cause... people listen to and mostly disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but listen, though. But he, but, but, but he also can back it with facts because he because he's a reporter. Right. He's an old school capital J journalist right. who, who went in and broke stories okay. for over a decade. Every beat he was on, he covered the 76ers and he crushed it on that. He, him and AI were, they had their issues because yes. well, Stephen, they wrote stuff about AI that AI didn't want out there. It was true, but AI didn't want it out there. Even right. Skip Bayless, who people don't like, people forget Skip covered the Dallas Cowboys mm. back in the day. Skip covered SMU, Southern Methodist University, when they were out here. <laughs> SMU was so wild. Mm. They were out here paying the players. It was so bad. The governor of the state was on it. There's a really good documentary, a 30 for 30 on SMU called Pony Excess. Okay. Because back in the 80s, they had Craig James and they had Eric Dickerson and they were killing it. Mm. And they're just a little small Methodist school that wasn't supposed to be good. You got Texas and Oklahoma and their alums one day decided, hey, we got money. We got a lot of money. That story. I think I heard about that. I like those 30 for 30. Yeah, yeah. you should. should. Because I'm not like a sports person. But go back and watch this. Those are good, well done documentaries. I love the 30 for 30 series. It's. I would say if I had a dream job, it would be producing a 30 for 30 one day. That would be lit. I would love to do it because you just dig in and mm-hmm. anyway, but with the SMU stuff, they were the governor of the state was in on it. They were literally wow. paying the players with cash money in school envelopes. It was what? Like, what? Yeah, and then when the NCAA told them to stop, they were like, Well, we can't stop because we'd have promised these kids. Look at this mess. <laughs> but that see, this wouldn't even be an issue if y'all just cut them kids in on this. Well, shit. exactly, right? This kind of just go- and wouldn't have to go on if you didn't stop yeah. pimping these kids for the low and mm. using their images to move video games and getting massive, yeah. massive freaking ducats yeah. off these, you know, yeah. broadcast deals and shit like that that these kids <laughs> Know, so right. think about it like this if i if if, if 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 i put it to you like this right if, if i lay game down to you like this i said hey max you know what you're a lovely lady and you know what i really think that you're dope hey you know what why don't you come roll with me i take care of everything that you got i take care of everything you need well i make sure you get the schooling you need the training <laughs> you need who goes to know I take care of everything. I, I make sure I see you got your Nike on. I make sure you have all the Nike that you want. <laughs> I make sure you have everything you need, a place to stay, all that. I ain't gonna give you no money though. Right. But but I take care of everything. I make sure you have all because the sales part, right? Yeah. Think, like, basically, the, it's the it's the old you could do this for exposure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you'll go pro at the end of this thing. Right, maybe. Or, or I mean, but how different does that sound like, hey, baby girl, you know, you fine. I, I make sure you had a Jimmy Shoe Shoes. I make sure you, have, <laughs> you know, your product purse and all this stuff. I make sure you have all that, girl. <laughs> as long as you go no. where I tell you to go and meet who I tell you to meet. Right, you. and like, 
you know, just do everything I ask you to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, something will come yeah, Maybe one day. Maybe. You'll be like, Julia Roberts on Pretty Woman. <laughs> it's wild, though. But I mean, but that's the thing. It works, especially, yeah. like you said, the majority of the folks hey. that end up in these situations are Black kids, and a lot of those kids don't Listen. come from no, any kind of money, and really? they know the possibility of mm-hmm. Hey. It's life changing money. It Absolutely. Every and everybody knows it. So everybody knows it. And everybody put the jokes on the kids and, and mm. you know, let them work for you and run run the streets for you mm. and you know, put them mm. on the stroll, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really ain't much difference. It I mean, not really for nothing, going pro is not much different either. I mean, you have it a little really bit ain't. more flexibility, but it's mm-hmm. like they're hey, you like checking your teeth at the combines and shit. Well, Right, literally, and and on top of and now with the COVID stuff, where they put the bracelets on them and the whole thing, which wild. Hey, man, listen, it 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 becomes it it, it goes a lot of places, man. And yeah, I mean, like when you see who's doing what with who and who hey, that thing is, mm-hmm. like this looks a little slavey. But hey, right, you know, or 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 we didn't even talk about baseball where like they get the kids for the Dominican and for Word. those places and those kids are signing like for 5,000 and 10,000, 20,000 dollars and they have these people called Buscones that are their trainers. Mm. And the Buscone gets a cut too. What? <laughs> Amazing. I mean, yeah cuz it's a it's a trainer, it's Buscone who gets you up in front and then these some of these kids and this and this gets very complex because this gets into a lot of stereotypes and of racist course. things about our Hispanic brothers and sisters. Right, right. You know, because it gets into well, how do you discuss the possibility that someone is lying about their age? Oh without, yes, without it sounding racist. Right, you're like, look at the sides of that kid. <laughs> right, without it sounding racist. And there's like no way, which is how cats get, you know. Uh, which is if it is happening, ooh. which is how it goes. Like the kid that was playing for the um yeah. the what was it, the baby's world series team? Yeah, Little League World Series, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. were like, that child is very big. Yeah, I mean he may or not he may or may not have driven his own car to the game and <laughs> as a pack of sick. You know, the whole the whole narrative he we may see. have a family. We don't yeah. really know, but we we're not know. gonna say. So let him play and let him play check some things. And mm. then okay, we've been hoodwinked. Okay, yeah. fine. But no, but notice they always find out after <laughs> after the game has been played. Listen, after after and after the shit that been on TV. And we done watched it and we fell and in we, love. And with we it. all side-eyed it, mm. but like it's like, all right, let's hey, go. All the commercial money done been made. All the ad dollars have been Everything sold. Everything's been purchased. Right. Then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They didn't actually win. You know, <laughs> but it's no different. It's like they did with, with the, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. With those little viewers. The one that Monet Davis, all enough remember. now. All enough now, she's a college basketball player. Oh, wow. And a couple, and actually one of the young men, I can't remember his name. It, it'll come to me at some point. He's getting ready to go pro now because again because time time doesn't stop right. you know what i'm saying right. so yeah so monet plays she's she's a cop but yeah but they and here's the wild thing about that team people mm-hmm. they're all of age they just wanted to play together right and so they figured out how to play together as black kids because only so many black kids play baseball and especially mm-hmm. at that level mm-hmm. with how much it costs because we use sports are very effing expensive yeah yeah i hear 
Man, you have to be booked and busy and breaking off that bread for them hey, babies. They got it though. Hey, listen, listen. But that's, but <laughs> we that have gets completely it. got off book, by the way. <laughs> it's okay. We here. I mean, I'm just saying it is. But this is what this is what sport does. It it, it be it's fascinating because you fall down a rabbit hole and it just keeps going and going and, and going. Go. And it's an thing. You don't even have to get into the conspiracy theories. True. Just the things that are actually the regular things that are actually happening. Yeah. Yeah, When you think about it, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, and we talked listen, and we talked about this with the NFL. We talked about the conflicts with the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. And how, okay, you tell me, you tell Donald Trump that he can't buy a team. You say, hey man, you know, your money's funny. Well, or, or the, what, camera, we know you might you might not even pay us. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> you don't pay people. We know your lives. The banks don't even fuck yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, listen. You ruined a league called the USFL, which people don't even know about anymore. I remember is, that league. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah they it, had a team. But... You know, yeah, but I'm saying, but they had a team, which, oddly enough, one of his star players, Herschel Walker. What? Yeah. Mm. Piece that piece that together in your spare time, if you will. God. <laughs> Hey man, so all that being said, he ruined that league because he tried to make that league compete against the NFL. They're like, no, we need to stay playing spring football. People are watching it. Right. TV contract, we're growing. He's like, no, I want to crush the NFL. And, and like, he's no, always dude. freaking shooting above his fucking level. Always. Like, and so you don't and that's have the fucking range, bro. And that shit was back in the 80s. All the other USFL owners said no. He sued his own league. It, it, just all that stuff. That right? boy loves some court time, don't he? Hey, yes, he does. That and boy will is- sue you at the drop of a hat because he knows he could tie it up forever and i'm like who paying don't nobody get paid off nobody gets paid except for him and them and whoever but not the people and he gets to be on a television with a captive audience i think that was his favorite thing about that Mm -hmm. whole presidency having a captive audience and being having the actual literal bully pulpit right right well that's the thing like but people with tv is one of those things where it's funny because like when i was working in atlanta so i was working for a paper called the Daily journal and covering the Braves so they started you know I got in good with some people on TV started putting me on TV a little bit all of a sudden the same people who wouldn't listen to what the hell I was saying before all of a sudden it's like oh man hey you be talking that shit you be talking that real it is like it's the same stuff I was saying before well they yeah, went people put- like to see cats on TV and so it gives them a cachet that they don't deserve like my <sighs> governor here Man, everybody look, was trying to date him last year around this time, and he wasn't doing homosexuals or whatever they was calling them. And then now, everybody Yana, quiet, everybody quiet mm-hmm. though. Everybody hey, except listen. Fox, of course. Fox is like, hey, oh, hey, because they finally got a chance to get one. They finally got a chance, <laughs> them, so they can't yeah, hype. But it's like, but your your people are all like child rapists, and they just ignore <laughs> that part. Which is uh, quiet for that. It's quiet for that. But let's talk about this scummy big nose guy. <laughs> Which I mean, uh, he is scummy, and he yes, is out here. I, I I've slashed and burned that gent on this show. Multiple I mean, times. but the thing is, though, again, all this stuff goes back to the money stays the money, the power stays the power, mm. and it's because even then, owners who we don't they literally call him a broke boy. But they use the fancy financial terms, you know, over-evaluation and all that BS, which <laughs> basically means you're lying about your money. That's like, that's like if I told you, hey, man, you're looking good tonight, man. We're going to, we going to insert steakhouse here. And we're going to do it up. We're going to do the whole thing. 
and we get there and I tell them, hey, man, listen, man, you know, my homegirl, Max, man, she had me on the podcast. I want to make sure she she eat good. Look, she don't put a fine dress on with her, with her, with her, with her outfit. She's looking good. Got the 30 inch hair flying down and everything. Got the skin popping. You know what I'm saying? She, she looked the part. I'm out here. I'm good. We ready. We want to do the whole thing. The big seafood. You ever seen the big seafood towers? They be doing in them places. Yeah, man, I had one of those yeah. corporate days, boy. Mm-hmm. Those dinners. Hey, hey. look, that was one That's thing. The I only used... thing I miss about corporate, boy. Listen, I will say one of the things I loved about um, when I started kind of moving my way up in journalism, and you get invited to some of those dinners by some of these. Oh, the muckety muck dinners. Oh boy. I remember, I never get the first you time. Know you the brokest motherfucker at the table. Hey, yes, I never get the first time I got invited. While I was with, uh, all right, I'm a name drop here. All right, so I was with Bomani Jones, and, <laughs> and he and Michael Smith got invited to the. This is like before Bomani was starting to blow, but this is before he really blew. Yeah, and Michael Smith was already kind of established, and somehow or another, I get. I, but my money's like, man, bring your ass, motherfucker. And I'm like, but bro, I'm not on that. He's like, motherfucker, come on. And so Jamil Hill's there, and you know, a bunch of other people. Kelly Carter, who mm-hmm. is really starting to get her name out there now, who really should have been out there, but they really putting a lot of shine on Kelly, which she deserves. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here, motherfucker. I'm freelancing, you know, working wherever, not really doing shit. And so, but trying to find my way. And here I am at this motherfucking dinner with, you know, these major ESPN execs and ballers and agents. And I'm just like, oh, I maybe literally have like $10 to my name. And I'm just- I'm not gonna look at my my account right now. Listen, I didn't even, (laughs) listen, I I took the app off the phone. I ain't even look at it. (laughs) This is a, you know, NABJ and- uh, As long as I can get home, look at this cab, because I know they're gonna get me drunk. Listen, I'm talking about, I'm at the point where I maybe had enough to buy a cheesesteak and I had to pick out the one place to go to get a steak. And I wanted a Philly. I wanted, I wanted a steak. I wanted, you know, I didn't want to go to Patrick Joe. I wanted a good one. I'm like, okay, I, I got, I, all I want before I leave is a steak. And so anyway, but point is, I was like, man, I can't even afford to do nothing on this thing. I was like, man, I, I was like, if they try to pass a hat around for some chips, I'm like, I'm going to have to Bonk. I'm going to ask him to knock this table over and get the fuck and, out of here. <laughs> and so, look, for real, because I'm sitting there like, fam, like, this is, but they brought the big tower out. And you're, yeah. like, you're like, oh, oh, okay. This, this is what you, we're doing. Oh, right, you're talking about like the stone crab, the whole thing, all this stuff. And it's stuff. just like a, a, like a crustacean tower right. of like, look. baller ass fucking fishes. Right. Listen, like, like, you ah. know, listen, you know it's real, when the shrimp are the least thought of thing on the tower, okay? Yes, no one's fucking with the right. shrimp. Mind right. you, they are as big as your hands. Yes, <laughs> yes, the tiger, the, the big tiger prawns. The ones that can look like they can get up and walk. Yes, yes, yes. you know it's real. Yes, no one's the, paying attention to those. Because <laughs> shrimp is universal now. It ain't just black and white now. Absolutely. Everybody loves shrimp. That's everybody why, get like, excited red, when the shrimp come out. Red lobster, hey, look, red lobster, yeah. the uh, endless shrimp. Everybody like that now. <laughs> I don't care who you Adam Shrimp, not Adam Shrimp ain't worth a damn. But I mean, at the time, if you don't know no better, you don't know no better. <laughs> That's why I look, I listen. So anyway, so I'm there and I'm sitting there and all this stuff come out. So point of it back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, we go, you and me, we out there, whatever, we do the thing. And, you know, 
And I say, okay, hey, I want all that stuff. First of all, you know, seafood tower by itself costs about $200. I mean, just off just off GP, maybe even three, depending on- And they might have just pulled all that shit out the water right before they put it mm-hmm, on the table. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yes. And I tell them I want a seafood tower, I want your best steaks, I want a bottle of wine, I want the whole thing. Uh-huh. And then I say, well, hey, man, just so you know, I only got $100. <laughs> They they gonna do? They gonna be like, please leave. I'm calling the phone. And, and that's what Donald Trump tried to do to buy an NFL team. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been, but because he's a billionaire, the arrogance, the, yeah. the freaking, because he's. We always told y'all because I say this all the time. New York be trying to tell y'all, but y'all don't. <laughs> you put that jabroni in his fake boardroom in the mm. janky ass offices that the producers of that show were like, look, we had to build that shit because. Yeah. The- Garbage. Mm-hmm. That was a set. They told you, Brokey, and this dude is Fugazi. And we tried to tell you. We tried to tell you tried about Johnny. We tried to tell you. So now we've we've more than covered what you do. Yeah, golly. Now for my second question. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. My second question: How did you get started? Oh man, it was a dark story. It was a dark stormy night. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, My origin story was. Origin story. I was like, uh, okay. So a couple of things. One, I got into sports because I fell in love with the 91 Braves. And I would go to these things called newsstands and pick up these things called newspapers. (laughs) And from all the different places, my mom would take me and buy them all. And then over the years, I just... I you know I went to Georgia Southern, tried to play football and soccer, and it didn't work out because as hard as I worked, uh, wasn't good enough as an athlete. But I still wanted mm-hmm. to be involved in sports because I enjoyed sports. So right. took a year off, moved back to Atlanta. So uh, you're from Adra- Atlanta originally? Yeah, 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 yeah. Born and raised. Yeah, born and yeah, native Atlantan, like generations okay, okay. deep. Yeah, man. None of this transplant shit for nah, you. Nah, baby, I'm native. And actually, it's funny because I'm, I'm the one who left. So it was like, everybody else moves to Atlanta. And I keep telling people, hey, man, listen, just say be one spot because right. already, Atlanta's already full. Yeah. It's been full. It really has been full for about 15 years. Hi. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, we all full up. <laughs> hey, man, like, look, man, just save me my spot for if God allows me to get back home one day. But, yeah. you know, right now it is what it is. But, yeah, so... um. I was at Georgia Perimeter College and ended up transferring to Clark Atlanta. I was working at WCLK 91.9, which is a jazz station there. And they're like, hey, man. And I mean, I was like, well, I guess a janitor, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of making some money because, you know, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Right. And it's like at a radio station. So, like, I knew I was really working hard. And, and they even had somebody who cleaned the, the, and also, too, like, the restroom wasn't inside the station. It was like, Cause like on the college campus, right? So like there was like one restroom in there, but the rest of the restrooms were just like right outside, cause it's like underneath the library and the museum and all that stuff at the university. And so really, all I had to do was just like empty the little waste basket and you know, whatever. So it wasn't it wasn't like real janitorial work where you like it for you. That's that because that real stuff sounds like hell on earth to me. Nah, man. I mean, listen, it, what I had to do was hard enough, but right. it wasn't that grimy, you right, know, right. in there in the muck. And it was the one little like corporate restroom that like the station manager owned. Okay. The, the yeah, yeah. Washroom. It's like, exactly. Okay. And you just go in there and you just, you know, clean that and keep it moving. But I also got to 
hang out with some of the people who on air people and stuff like that and they would teach me things and then they're like hey man you can come to clark man and uh you can you know if you stay working with us we'll pay for it and if you're really interested in doing radio we can transition you from the janitorial stuff to actual like you know like a internship type yeah. you know situation but, but it, they pay me money they pay me money and i got to go to school for free basically so fantastic yeah, which I mean, I I, I would a not lick have, on that. Listen, I would not have been able to afford Clark Atlanta University afterwards. Unfortunately, I still took out some damn student loans because well, I was an idiot. All of us. <laughs> the closer you get to the door, that's listen. when they're like, "Oh, we're not going to give you as much um, financial aid this year." Good luck, bitch. Right. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, and the thing is, like, I feel bad about like I'm still paying it off. I didn't need it, but I took it because it's like, oh, well, this is some money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it was like it was it was do or die. I had to, I had to, I had to, or I would not have. Well, I mean, I was the like, majority I, of my I, loans came towards the end. So yeah. Well, I mean, I paid my rent. Like, I paid my rent and stuff like that because at that point, I was, I, I need, I needed to be living on my own. I was back in Atlanta. I, for some I get reason, it. I, I needed to be living on my own, so I get it. I, I used that the money. was also part of the reason why I needed them loans. Hey, that was. So I will say I did pay. In hindsight, I probably should have stayed home, but and everything, and you know. No, I, I I went to school hey. here in New York, and I did not stay home. I could have absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I get it. You won't be on your own. I was like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then you know. when I couldn't afford to live on campus anymore, I promptly found some cheap little room to rent and, yep. and the rest was history. Hey. But yeah, you know, I kept four, five jobs because of it, mm. but like- Same thing, same, same. So, so for me, it was, I was doing the radio stuff. I was writing articles for um, the school paper. Then eventually, actually I think I only wrote two articles for the school paper. I actually ended up, what ended up happening was I figured out that a lot of these teams when places weren't traveling beat writers sometimes, some mm. of the smaller outlets. Okay. So I would hit these editors up and be like, hey fam, yo, I, I'm looking at the schedule, your team comes in and it'd be like the Boston Globe or the Herald or wherever have you. And it'd be like, it'd be a smaller sport. So they may have a beat writer say covering UMass if it's like the Boston Globe or the Herald, right? Right, right, right. And because it doesn't get the readership, they may not, take the expense of buying a flight and hotel and stuff like that. They may try to save money there. Right. So I hit their ass up and be like, hey fam, look. Well, I'm already here, so. Hey, look, I'm, I'm here, here's some samples. I'll turn this stuff in on time. So you really All like right. put like, you know, like shoe leather on decky yeah. to get to these, mm-hmm. to these uh, yeah. assignments and like, that's a grind, a proper hey, grind. Man. Listen, so you're talking about like reaching out to these editors, building relationships with them, getting in, getting them to give you a chance. Because mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it is still the Chicago Sun-Times or the LA Times or, right. you know, whatever have you. And it's still, you know, so like your stuff can't be bad. I mean, now they got editors and stuff. That, yeah, it has to at least be good enough to be in the paper. They say the whack so, shit for the op-eds. Exactly. Well, <laughs> don't even get me started there. Hey, you talk about being on here for an hour, shoot. But, you know, but but my point, and so what I always said was, hey, listen, if, if my stuff's good enough to be in your paper, I'm good enough to get paid. I know that's right. And keep it real. Hey, look, and that's what, when I was at Clark, that's what um, we had this lovely woman who was, 
she was at she was admin assistant, but she pretty much she pretty much ran the department. Most you know, admins so. do. Yeah, keep... you know how it goes. She. Yeah. I was an admin for a long. Yeah, yes. either that or the HR person. Like like at my like at the Post Gazette now, there's a woman named Linda Parker who, I mean, if she ever left, she's just like hundred five pound, five foot two, you know, white woman with like her your blonde hair, and she's lovely, and <laughs> she's she running it. Listen, and she knows every corporate policy and every rule. And now if you turn your invoices in on time, you good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. If you hey. don't. Hey. You, you, hey, listen. And she'll start with a real nice, polite email. She'll say, hey, new bias, you know, these receipts. We're about are- to close the quarter. Come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Hey, so anyway, but um, this woman put that Clark Atlanta, man, she was, she just like, hey, baby, listen, if you write for these people, make sure they pay you money, make sure they pay you money, make sure they pay you. And she was like, if they don't pay you, don't write for them. She was like, that's it. She's like, if you good enough to write for them, you good enough to get paid. That's right. And so, yeah, I'd have times where in a week I might cover a lacrosse match, I might cover you know, volleyball or whatever sport it was. And, you know, $100 here, $150 there, still doing my radio stuff, still doing whatever. Or I had times where I might be at a game. I might be working for like four outlets. Mm. I might be doing like radio stuff for like, say, an XM radio where like you do those calling updates. We're like, oh, hey, this is Tobias Wilborn at Pirate Stadium and the Pirates up 5-3. Josh Bell hit a home run and this person did Kind of like those drop-ins that you mm-hmm, hear. Mm-hmm. Like those local news yeah, around yeah. Like yeah, the yeah, and yeah. Stuff like that. Exactly. So I, I used to do those and then I'd have write a story and then you send audio afterwards to people. Because, okay. you know, like, you know, like if you're an ESPN affiliate in New York, you got to get the sound some kind of way. Right. And so that was a little way to get access to these stadiums, get okay. access to these arenas, get to do some interviews. And then from there at Clark Atlanta at the Hawks. And so literally it was about the Atlanta Hawks or whatever. Right. So the, the Hawks paid for the time. It was an NPR thing. We had this man named Ken Hudson, who was one of the first black referees mm. in the NBA. He was based out of Boston, moved to Atlanta. And so also there's a man named Arthur Trish, who was the PR guy, one of the first black public relations people in mm. sports, period, particularly mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm. And so they were the producers of the show. I was a backup board op on it, but eventually I got up to board op and eventually I'd work my way up to getting a little bit of airtime because I was actually covering the game. So one of the cool things was we had the show, it was on campuses, it was under, under the library at Clark Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wasn't too hard to get these uh, players to come down when uh, they realized that uh, there was a HBCU there mm. with uh, pretty girls on it. All on the camera. sights and we we, I, we call it the sights and sounds. Ah, the sights and sounds. The sights and sounds nice. of historically black college or university. Pretty pretty sorority women. Pretty hey, pretty. All of it. Potential. It's basically a wife farm. <laughs> or you know, or if you're into other things, it's Atlanta. Correct. Well, and correct. You know, this, it's this a farm. 
Hey, it's a Bay Farm for any. Hey, for whatever it is you're looking for, you can find it. You can find it, and right there on the yard. And, and it's, so, I mean, it's the South. It's the, it's hey, a, you a popular listen, one. There's always listen, something and, to get into, and There's you got to remember somewhere. And you got to remember Spellman and Morehouse and Morris Brown were all the there, and and, and and you see that, and so mm-hmm. like in the library, we all shared that library. It was on mm-hmm. our campus, okay, but we all shared it. You know okay. what I'm saying? So, so you could just run into some. Hey, listen. Mm. And so, you know, they have like the Market Friday. So um, Spellman had Market Friday. Morehouse had Hump Day Wednesday. And we had uh, Thursday. And so Thursday, they DJ in the middle of campus. And it basically just be a block party. That sounds and, amazing. Oh, and so, and also you got to understand the Atlanta rap scene was really rolling. Too. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. And so Luda. So like and, mid-90s? Late yeah. 90s? No, late. No, really late 90s into the mid-2000s. Okay. You know what yeah. Was, yeah, okay. Because I'm an old. So I was trying to get the. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So, but that was just, <laughs> but, but like, depending on what time, like, you, you know, everybody, like, from was Luda something. to the Gorilla Zoes to, I, I guess we could still use T.I.'s name. And in, in, I don't know if we can. I, I mean. I but at the time he was he was what he was. He was a dude, he was. I know, yeah, he was. Just a dude. like a lot of those Atlanta cats down there were yeah. at the time. Hey, so listen, guys, so listen, dudes would you would, would come and the women too, Rashida and all of them, they would just roll through campus with their CDs and you know and show up and just post I think up. The and closest they, thing I had to that was little Kim used to just be up in the dorms because mm. her best friend went there this is like early oh right before hardcore okay um, maybe were we going towards junior mafia i mean she was she was already like she was she was better name yeah yeah we knew who she was okay okay pull up like she could just do she could still wander unbothered back then Oh wow! Because in New York, we usually don't bother anybody. We're not yeah. running up nobody anyway. But yeah. Like, yeah, we knew who she was, and yeah. you know, we we she had a friend who who lived in the dorms, and she used and to she come through. through, roll through, kick it. Yeah, yeah. that was well, see, and, and Atlanta's similar that way. Except Atlanta, Atlanta wants to hug you now. Take if you black and you doing something, you black. Atlanta want to hug you, and now, but see the thing about Atlanta is, you got regular people making that kind of money. That's true. Like it's kind of like okay, so you I'm know, like that. Scamming. <laughs> hey, well, it, yeah, they're, they're just scamming is too. But there's also people who are like legitimately making. It's like the Chris Rock joke where he talked about how like his neighborhood is like Jay Z and Mary right. J Blige, and it's like, it's like a dinner. Yeah, but <laughs> but like in Atlanta, you'll have that same neighborhood, but it'll be a black dentist. Oh wow, that's lovely. Or a black lawyer or a black whatever have you. Right. And 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 that, and that is real. And wow. you can actually go around and you'd be like, oh, everybody wow. commingles. Yeah, because you can really see black people getting and you can find everybody, uh, like yep. everybody finds themselves in mm-hmm. the same place at some point. Yeah, because that's well, okay. that's the thing. That's why I always laugh at like real housewives of Atlanta. Cause like I'm like, hey man, like people be like, hey, I want to go this place, that place. I'm like, fam, like that's what we do on a Wednesday. Like, it ain't, <laughs> like it's just not, I mean, I get it, it looks popping, especially if you come from a place where I get it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so my point with all that was, it was real easy to get the players to come down to do interviews. Right. Once they figured out where it was, they're like, "Oh, heck yeah, I'll come in." Because at first you're like, "Wait a minute, I've never heard of ninety one point nine. What is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's NPR station. It runs out of Clark Atlanta." Like, 
Clark Atlanta, Clark Atlanta, like HB. I'm like, yeah, bro. I'm like, yeah, we 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 do the show on campus. I mean, I I'll, I'll come out to you if you want to, you know. Because sometimes you'll go out to the guy's hotel or whatever have you, or you'll meet him somewhere. Because Atlanta's also one of those cities where the guys do a lot of their their advertising stuff. Like, okay, yeah. Well, it's a couple places. Like, obviously New York, you're doing all that stuff there. L.A., you're doing stuff there. And Portland is a place where they do a lot of stuff there because of the sneaker companies. Right. Adidas and Nike are there. And so, you know, but Atlanta is one of the cities where if you're trying to connect with black people. Yes. You do all your, um, right. you do a lot of your, your PR stuff and whatever have you. Right. So you, you finesse these players into coming down to talk to you. Yeah. During their busiest, listen, when they were at their busiest. Because <laughs> they, they want to come down and potentially do some whole shit, potentially, or at least be able to see, because to well, see the beauty that the <laughs> campus has to yeah, offer. Because here's the thing: is when you go to NBA games, other than Atlanta, you don't see a lot of black people in the crowd. Is that right? Oh yeah. Well, you know something? Think about it. Like like look, like look like go watch NBA games and just go look at the crowds. Obviously, pre-COVID is different. You're right. Because yeah. I've gone to like like. My entire Nixon. life living in New York, you would think I would go to these things more often, but I don't. Well, because every time they're expensive, I have, they're yeah. stupid expensive. Yeah. And um, the, every single time, like the first time I saw a baseball game, mind you, mm-hmm. I lived near Yankee Stadium my yeah. my entire childhood. Never mm-hmm. went to a game. My very first game was at City Field. Wow. And it was in a in a we were in a um, box because mm-hmm. it was like a Verizon thing, and my yeah. sister invited me to go, and I was like, of course, free mm-hmm. and we're right on the field. I don't even know what's going on. I'll just sit here and eat and drink hey. liquor for the free. Yeah. Hey, see, hey, look, see, look, low key, City Field is dope. Now the, the stuff around is like another. Yeah, no, City Field they did a really good job with it. it's a really nice ballpark. I like it. I, I like if you could deal with taking the seven train and getting off. I mean. It doesn't bother me because I just put my headphones on and oh yeah, like you do and, what you you're know, supposed to do. Yeah, take it from now. I but like just going into Midtown and getting on that. Train. Oh, it's so weird. But see, but for me, if I'm visiting, yeah. I'm staying in Manhattan anyway. So right. see, I'm I coming from Brooklyn, so it's a whole. Oh thing. Well, yeah, it's a whole. Oh god, so it's a whole thing. Oh, you gotta get out geez. to Queens. Anyway, New York is so tough to get to, man, and so it's tough to navigate. But yeah, but the point is, so anyway, the point is like with the stuff like you get the players there because it's like, hey, we get to see black people. Like yeah, actual well. regular black people, because a lot of times, like you go to these cities like Utah and some of these other places, you look at the crowd. White. Yeah, but even like even like like New York Knicks games, like it's, it's a majority true. white crowd there. It's, it's a majority, especially most- as you get closer to the court. Yep, yep, yep. Atlanta's one of the few places up in the nosebleeds, buddy. <laughs> well, see, but, that, but that's the thing about but Atlanta. What makes it so crazy is there was a point where the Hawks had more black women season ticket holders than the rest of the NBA teams combined. It's interesting. There was a point, and I don't know if it's still true because it changes, but yeah. there was a point where Atlanta, period, between Falcons and Braves and, uh-huh. and Hawks, yeah. had more Black women season yeah, ticket know, holders than all these the cities NBA. combined. They hey. bought some tickets to go enjoy. And, and listen. And, we like to look at stuff too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> listen, and but here's the thing: a lot of them sisters were into sports, like they weren't, because yeah. because the they weren't like coming there to get chosen. Oh, yeah. now if it happens, cool, but right. they there for the game, like and they're there, they're in their seats, they know what's happening. Yeah, um, which really opened because 
because again, growing up in Atlanta, I was used to seeing black, like my, like my mom, you know, goes to Falcons games and she, and yeah, I mean, she's into it and she goes and she will take the Marta train down and, and go to the games and her, her and her little friends, they got a little girl group and, and they tailgate together. They like, yeah. shit, we, listen, we don't need, we don't need fish. They do their own, <laughs> listen, they got, listen. They got their own grill. They got their own setup. Who I'm talking about? Hey, they they be out there because that's their thing, right? And so I always was used to seeing women and black women, particularly. So I started doing this stuff professionally. Started child. I was like, oh. So you, you know, how yeah. did you end up um, in Pittsburgh? Oh man, geez, <laughs> funny story. So <laughs> a quick sidebar. So LeVar Arrington, who played for Penn State, who played the league, uh, I did a feature with him on Post Gazette and it's a real cool podcast. And so I got him and his wife with the Clark. So, which I didn't know that until later. So I texted him, I was like, hey man, you know, I'm trying to get in touch with you. Want to do a story, want to catch up with you. I work for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. And LeVar's from Pittsburgh and he went to Penn State. He's like, hey man, you got an Atlanta number. And you work in Pittsburgh? I was like, yeah, I'm from Atlanta. He's like, wait a minute, you a black man from Atlanta? And you live in Pittsburgh and you cover state college? He's like, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> I just had a lot of prayer and um, something else, but we won't go there. Um, and we laughed and cool. But the point is, so I was working at Marietta Paper, doing stuff with this site called The Athletic and freelancer for them and then got an opportunity the editor was a man named tyler batiste met him at, met him at an apse convention with associated press sports editors him and i kind of formed a bond and we kind of talked and then from there just got the opportunity so really just networking and people both white and black who have been influential in my life and people like tim stevens and tommy d's and John Bednarowski and just so many people I can just go on down the line who just either edited a story or or just listened to me when I was going through it and I am truly a product of a village of a lot of people who <laughs> which is a major key in order to get through this whole thing especially I'm assuming as a black person in this oh game, yeah you gotta hey, you have to have as many Sherpas as possible as many you now can, yeah. so now for that Let's parlay that into my third question, which yes. is what do you hope to achieve? Like, what does the final form for your career look like? You know, that's a good question. Um, I don't know the answer because it changes. Our, our industry, the old answer for most people in sports journalists would be hosting the 6 p.m. sports center. You didn't think it was possible, but then one day you look up at Jamil Hill and, uh, <laughs> and Mike Smith are doing it. It's just like, oh, you did it. Maybe that is possible. Honestly, I don't know, but probably something where I have some ownership in it, where I get to tell mm -hmm. stories. But more than anything, I want to tell, I want to humanize these players mm -hmm. and not only the players, but the people around them. Because again, if you're talking about pro sports, mm -hmm. think about this. Fewer than 100,000 people throughout the history of this country have ever put on a pro uniform. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about baseball where there's been fewer than 20,000 people who ever played in a baseball game, right? Mm -hmm. So think about ideas. Talk about Yankee Stadium earlier. Mm -hmm. If you took every baseball player dead or alive that's mm -hmm. ever existed mm -hmm. and put them in Yankee Stadium, you can social distance them. Wow. 
dead or alive, every single one that's ever, ever been on a major league roster, you mm-hmm. can take them all and put them in Yankee Stadium. You can social distance them because it's screwed at 20 stadium secret is and so with basketball you have maybe around six thousand people who ever played in an nba game football is a little bit more because the rosters are bigger but still you're talking about like 20 30 people and at wnba i don't think you've had two thousand wnba people yet because it's a league that's only 25 years old and because yeah. they still treat it like a, ch- a stepchild oh geez don't even get me started with that um i wow it's so blatant in this well life. yeah it is everybody that things like they doing the same work they are, they are. I mean, listen, now one can make an argument. They play 30 games, so not an 82 game schedule, but there's got to be ways, I think, to make it more equitable for those ladies. Absolutely. And, and, but only, but only just because it's not the argument that they should make as much as the NBA players. That's not the argument. The argument is are they getting treated equitable by their own league? They are not. Like I and see like the side is, by sides of how like just the travel. Oh yeah. Oh god, don't even oh jeez. Oh well, I mean, like, but here's but here's the thing though. Staying in our houses and shit next yeah. to, to the NBA cats. But here's the thing though, but that's how the NBA players traveled in the 80s and 70s and 60s and all that stuff. So people forget the NBA is over 75 years old. And people forget that the NBA, those games were on tape delay back in the day. Mm. Like up until Think about this now. Up until the mid to late 80s, that's that's when you had Magic and Larry. You know, Larry Bird playing with the Celtics and Magic with the Showtime and the whole thing and, and all the racial things and the, mm-hmm. everything that came with mm-hmm. that with L.A. versus Boston. And, of course. And Bird being white and Paris being white. and Not Paris, Paris is black, but, you know, McHale and Danny Ainge. And, you know, just that whole group mm-hmm. versus this team with these flashy brothers led by Pat. They go change, right? Yeah, all that. <laughs> all, the whole every and they they laid into it. So yeah. the finals format had to change to accommodate your travel from Boston to LA. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, like team team flew commercial flights really up until the late nineties, early two thousands. Right. A lot of teams it probably wasn't safe to just have them sitting right in Gen Pop. Right, right. But they, I mean, for a long time they threw they they flew, they flew commercial flights. And you just see them in the airport or. Teams didn't really start getting practice facilities in the NBA until about maybe 20 years ago. So there was a time. Yeah, like, NBA like in school gyms and shit like that. Pretty yeah, or 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 like or like regular gyms. Like they like the Atlanta Hawks had this um this Atlanta Sport and Fitness Center, which is like on Windy Hill. And so which is basically like an LA fitness for people okay. to kind of so you could go in there in the 80s and really up until I think the 90s or there was another gym called Run and Shoot where people would go play or whatever. And you could go in there and you could see the Atlanta Hawks practice while you're playing your racquetball or like on your little treadmill, you look over in the basketball gym where like, you know, just 10 minutes ago, you know, a bunch of no-name dudes were just, you know, playing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you see an NBA team. So in watch Dominique Wilkins and Spud Webb and Doc Rivers and they're going to practice at this gym that's basically LA Fitness. So yeah. I say all that to say, it's sport is a weird thing these leagues don't make money the WNBA to even be around for 25 years because if you look at the history of sport leagues don't last 25 years Mm. leagues are lucky to last five years because because it costs a lot of money right it's expensive maintenance yeah i mean because listen you talk about 
you talk about uh the travel like now these teams get deals of course but um what's the company what's it we go what's the one that, that does the private jet rentals oh i forgot you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 but think about that like go go look at the prices all that stuff for I that's see, just i've looked right so but now so now think about doing that for a team and then uh, yeah or the nba so like they'll have a situation where you know tsa comes out to the arena mm. so like say it's a road game or team so the, the 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 bus will come. They'll have the TSA people, and it's the same TSA people because you, mm. the the very special clearances to get up in these arenas. Mm-hmm. All right, so literally the players they get done playing the game, they shower, they they talk to idiots like me about whatever, and I ask them the silly questions. I ask them about why you did the stupid thing you did in the game, or why did you do the good things. And after that, they they talk to their family, eat their dinner. If they got to go to the next city the next night, the TSA people they come with the little wands and the whole thing. Oh wow, they check them. They pre literally yeah. check. Like yeah, super literally, pre-check. super pre-check. So I'm talking about, and the bus comes down at the bottom of the signing up and still having to go through stuff at the airport. No, we check it. No, 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 no. And let me let, let me let me let me so let me tell you like so they come up and and the boys get on the plane right then. Wow. Their their bag goes under the bottom. Those guys don't touch their bag again until it gets into the hotel room. Wow. Wow. You know, if you have a little carry-on book bag, that's one thing. But like yeah. your your bag. You don't touch it in, and they they know which room to put it in. Oh wow! And so you sit yeah. on the bus. Yeah, and it's a, are the ladies carrying their own shit. Yeah, it's listen. <laughs> so and, and, listen, and it's a chair. And it's and it's a very nice bus that they're on mm-hmm. that takes them to the airport. They don't go through the airport. Right. They're not doing it like the police. Nah, that it, it takes rich, them. It takes them. Shit. Right, right. It <laughs> takes them to the tarmac. Then they get on the plane. They go up the little stairs. And they're on the plane, That's and the planes are nice. And the planes are super nice because here's the other thing too about media: how media has changed. Back in the day, if you covered a team, like if you covered the Bulls for the Sun Times, you covered the Hawks for the AJC, or you covered the Pirates for the Post Gazette, your outlet used to buy a seat on the team playing for the season. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they sell it to you for a reasonable rate, wink, wink. But <laughs> you, as the reporter, were on the team flight so like they they kind of embedded you like they do yeah. in political campaigns exactly yep 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 that's how it used to be that's oh, how it wow. used to be and then yeah so you would be saying reckless shit and that was it exactly and that was it yep 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 <laughs> and that was it like you like yeah i'm just watching jordan hey because they because athletes start they'll start talking they'll start saying stuff and all you of a sudden you're drinks, like they talking they shit hey hey that caught out there Listen, and so, or the hotels, because you you would stay in the same hotels, you'd eat at the same restaurants. They're so stuff they probably ain't supposed to be doing. Hey, you know, you ran closing on that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone interested in your work? Um, figure out why you want to do it. Mm. Figure out why you want to do it. Understand that you could do it and you may never make any actual real money mm. because it's it's the money is not easy it's not a lot of people making real money doing this right, um, right. some of your favorite stories that you've seen sometimes come from people who can barely afford to pay their bills mm. and yet some of the people who make the most money like i mentioned Stephen a or certain other people and i'm i'm not i'm personally not knocking Stephen a I know how people feel how they feel, but uh, you know, 
you you saw his contract. It's not small. That man's making millions, okay? And, you know, Jason Whitlock and some of these other people, they making a lot of money to do this. Mm -hmm. And so you got to understand, you may never see that kind of money because it's on so many spots. Right. And so one, once you start talking about black folks, mm-hmm, the small mm-hmm. are even smaller. Yeah, yeah, it's just not. Um, well, unless you're willing to go out and say things against your own people, which some of the folks you've mentioned, they will listen. They'll and make a lot of listen. Buckets. They'll make a. They'll make some basically if you're willing to go out and say you people are all right. We'll sleep on. And so that's the first. They will be cast the fuck out. Hey, <laughs> listen, listen. It's. For me, and it's tough, man, because I'm lucky. I'm at an outlet where I make a decent living. We have a union, and even that, there's some issues with that. But it's a lot of people who do this and may never actually make any real money. Yeah, and if and so, one, you got to make sure you're doing this because you love it, right? Not doing it for the acclaim or the fame, because you're not. It, you might, you might. It's like you know, Georgia Lottery back in the had this commercial. And it's like, it could be your day. <laughs> it's like, it's so if you hit, you know, you hit the lottery, right? So of like, course, ours, not, ours used to be, you got to be in it to win it. You got to be in it to win it. Yep. Yep. All that, <laughs> all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't win if you don't play you know, all that. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, and meanwhile, we know what the lottery is. We know what it is. And Mostly isn't. a scam. <laughs> hey, but it could be your day. And, <laughs> and you might become you know, the next, you know, Michael Smith or, you know, whomever. And if you're able to do it and make that money and be able to look yourself in the mirror and this is something unique, there's some very unique to black people. And, and I don't know how it works for, like I've talked to Pablo Torre, who's a Filipino brother, and that's a whole different set of issues they got. And right, right. I talked to some of my Latin brothers and sisters, and they have their sets of issues. Right. And of course, LGBT people, they have their sets of issues within within being, which are different from my, you know, as a, you know, masculine presenting, cis hetero, insert, you know, um, adjectives and descriptors and all that stuff, right? right. Right. So, you know, like I, I know just by me being a straight dude, there's a, even though I'm black, there's still a certain amount of privilege I have. Oh, of course. And because of that, it allows me, and I'm not going to lie, I, 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 I use that privilege when it's necessary. Um, because, I mean, why wouldn't I? Like if a player, which is another thing too, I will, when it goes to the advice, I'll get people who hit me up, like women and be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know, because I think this player wants to talk to me because I'm pretty. And I'm like, well, however, if you can talk to him and get good information that informs your reading and informs your whatever, mm-hmm. and you're not doing anything you don't feel uncomfortable with, why wouldn't you? If, I mean, if it opens the door so you can get hey, that you need, then, you know. Because you don't listen, because you, you know, take- got to put them boundaries in place and right put the boundaries in place dudes yeah. can be roachy absolutely you know, sure you're in a place where you feel safe as well absolutely which is another thing too like I, I say hey man be careful where you meet up with people and all that stuff and you know even with me i'm like hey listen like when you know when a young lady hits me up i'm like hey you know i can call you can call me at this time and at this space and right. 
you know, make sure everything is above above board. Right. Because because don't want to have no no nah, none of that. No questions. None of that, right? So it's not it's so I sell that to say, or or dudes like, man, you know, I don't want just because I'm black, they're gonna I'm like, motherfucker, listen. If somebody willing to tell you something and give you a benefit for things that have harmed you and taken away from you, right? And you get the bit because the listen, bare fucking minimum be right. Cause listen, because listen, because <laughs> because the white dudes have no problem with relating to the GMs and wow. the owners about their yeah, spirits and about their Ray Bans the and about their on, yeah, the they easy, easy right. And so the golf courses they mm-hmm, played on all of it, all of it. They which is what, every tool in the arsenal and their tools. The bench is not that deep for them. They don't really got to use a lot. We right. got to come with every, no. every tool we have. Hey, anything you got that allows you to a chance, yeah, to relate to get the ice broken. Because because yeah. journalism, because really all journalism is is getting people to tell you things. Relationship building. Relationship building. That's it. And relationship building. And see here, because that's another thing they try to do to black people in particular, because they do this with coaching as well. They'll call a player's coach and all that stuff. And they, they try to use that language. But when it was a white dude, it's like, oh, well, he's a master builder of egos and pride and all that stuff. When it's a black dude, oh, he's just a player's coach. So it's kind of like how they treat black uh, yep. QBs, right? Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a white guy, he's a brilliant mental yeah. giant. Right, right. He is, he is strategic. And he's the first like, guy in, he's the last guy out. Right. All that. Yeah. The black kid, he runs really good. Yeah, he, he just <laughs> throw really hard. He's yeah, he's athletic. He uses athleticism, all that, right? All that, right. all that stuff, all right? The physicality, and, right? Yeah. And of course, as we head into the draft, we see all that language, all of it's it. Gross. And, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting, but then like I'll watch women's tennis and I'll listen to some of the language. I'm like, ooh. Right. Right, because I, because honestly, like I, I typically wouldn't like turn the volume up on the women's matches, but lately, I, I was, I, I like Serena, I watch her, um, I like Naomi Osaka, I'll check her out. I mean, I, I again, because, because I, I got into sports, I'm a historian, like I, I love history, I love how things work. I see so, that. like, you so, get, I've been getting a full history lesson. I mean, but, well, because, well, because see, what thing was with sport is people don't understand how it works. Right. Once you understand there's a history behind it and how things have happened and things have gone over years. Why things people, are the way they are. Why things are, yeah, because it's hard to explain this, but a lot of times there's a logical explanation. You may not like it, <laughs> but there's a reason why these things are happening. There's a right. reason why things are what they are and what sport is what it is. So anyway, so as you look at sport and you look at the history mm-hmm. and you look at how it goes, and then you watch some of these women tennis and and you listen to some of the language. That's that fucking, when, you and know, always goes in, you can always bet on her hating ass to show up and say some shit. Chris Everett Lloyd, she pulls up and it'd be foolishness o'clock. I'd be like- Oh, I listen, bro. I have a joke. And I don't even some, watch, a, but I, it always floats out. It's like the hate it, falling out your mouth and globs, mom. And here's the thing. She was a great tennis player. I remember. I mean, phenomenal. I remember. It, but- but it's like I joke with people I'm like she doesn't sound much different than Shaq or Charles Barkley Haters. or <laughs> like John Smokes who's somebody who I like John a lot but he rails on the young athletes mm-hmm. Reggie Miller does it sometimes I'm not and, at all surprised by that <laughs> I mean but I, but listen though but I've met Reggie I like Reggie he's a good dude but Reggie just is very but anyway, so I go out and say like 
it's fascinating how the older athletes when they're done mm-hmm. will hate on the sport that they're getting paid yeah good like money long money to just watch it talk about right like fam like they pay you money. like people are doing that in their houses really which is <laughs> which is insane to me because like, <laughs> like i just always look at it like fam they they, they paid me money to go watch a game and write about it. Like this, like you feel like it's a scam that you run it, but it's legit. This is yo, I'm not gonna lie. Like the the first time I actually you know made a little bit of a little bit of change for an idea, I I used my radio show and I was starting to make a little. I'm like, wait a minute, they're paying me money to do this. That's how I felt when I stopped, <laughs> you know, doing like a regular um scheduled sitch when, when you know when me and the husband launched the business. It was like mm-hmm. we are working less, but we're making more. Like how is this legal? <laughs> right. It was like, they're, they're okay. And they're listening to what we're saying. Yeah. It's like hard to get people to right. buy in and all that. But once you have it and when no. you really have it and they're just kind of like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing. Y'all go ahead and do y'all's thing mm. and send me an invoice. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> oh, I like money. Cause you know what money buys? Serums. And, and lippies. Know- and well, not for me, but for you. Grades. Hey, <laughs> but, I, but I did get into that Rihanna, um, the fancy the lip scrub. Oh yeah, how's that? Oh man, it did me good. Okay. Me, yeah, damn, twenty dollars for the damn thing. Did I listen? You did I pay for quality? You know what I'm saying? Hey, but listen though, but did, it was. I'll say the funny thing is, so it actually comes like in a lipstick thing, and so uh-huh. of course, me being a person who doesn't wear lipstick, um. I couldn't figure out how to open it for longer than I care to admit. Because I'm sitting there with the damn thing and I'm twisting it, I'm twisting it. It's got the, you know I'm like, hey, <laughs> I ain't no fam. And so I'm sitting there like, and so I was at a point, I, I had a dog, <laughs> I had to grab the knife. <laughs> I was like, you got to pay $20 for the damn thing. And I know you were going to get it open. I hope you didn't I'm, break it. No, I didn't. So finally, I just happened to sit it down and, um, I had called, called a friend of mine. I was like, hey, man. I need help. I was like, and so it, it is humbling as fuck, right? I mean, because you're sitting there. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. And she's like, well, Nubias. <laughs> you just twisted it. I was like, oh. But, but when I go to the grocery store, I don't have to, I, I could ask whatever question I want to. They just take me right to the item. They love it too. <laughs> I know. So that's the, so that's so the trade-off. That's or like you got going on at Ulta and Sephora. Is hey, like, listen. I, listen, every time I go in there, they be, they be so nice to me. They be so happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, we're uh, going off. They be so glad. Well, uh, they be. I know they're happy to see you when you show up. Hey. So Love we it. Covered, <laughs> we covered the advice. Now let's yeah. talk about my last question, which is, what was the worst job you've ever had? Oh, geez, the worst job I ever had. Uh, I probably shouldn't say anything in the industry because I might have to go back one day. So I won't, <laughs> I won't say that. Uh, we'll, we'll go out of journalism for the sake of this. Um, it was actually the best and worst. I, I was a lifeguard. Um, I was a lifeguard for about uh, from sophomore year in high school through jeez out of college probably about like eight nine years and you know i would do it and teach swim lessons and the lifeguarding was fine teaching the swim lessons was hard particularly teaching adults 
Yeah. It's hard. The babies, you could just do whatever with them. If, if, if it's not, if the baby ain't scared, if they, I'll say if they're under 10, you could teach a kid how to swim. No, you're pretty fearless and, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they get over 10, 12, they get up in that range. It gets harder, it gets I harder. They look cool while they learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the, oh, yeah. Conscious. All of it, all of it, all of it. But you, you get them eight and under, man, they'll do whatever you tell them to do. Because they, they, they believe they can do it. Or right. they'll try it. They believe, listen, and if they, you know, if they mess up, you get them up and you tell them it's okay and all that. Mm-hmm. Adults is really hard. I can imagine because it's like they got all these fears, so it's like you almost have to become a, th- uh, uh, a therapist, uh, yeah, to even get them to try things. Or like, so there's a little thing we do call a, a clown face. So it's like you you puff like this, and so it's like, I mean, I'm doing the visual. This is audio, so Maxine can see it. <laughs> you can describe it. So I'm but, watching it. Y'all can't see it, but yeah. it's hilarious. But that's how like you teach people how to breathe underwater. So you make the little clown face and. You, you scrunch <laughs> up and so you teach them how to breathe through their nose mm-hmm, which allows mm-hmm. you to kind of be under because that's how the only way you can be underwater is by breathing through your nose mm-hmm. for a while time. I mean you could go under for a second but uh you try breathing through your mouth in that water you're gonna swallow that damn water it ain't gonna that's be nothing true. yeah that, that's how you drown so you gotta be able to breathe in and out through your nose to stay underwater you can move faster so anyways okay. but it's teaching but just that alone getting an adult to put their face in the water yeah i mean that that is hard because <laughs> you gotta I, don't know a kid. To swim. I know how to float but i don't know how to swim but yeah. i think i would yeah i probably used to flip out a little bit but i was younger when i was like formally learning and mm-hmm. obviously it didn't take but yeah i could it's, see how people would lose their minds as adults because i mean because it's because again like if you fear drowning and yeah, plus anxiety and plus let's be honest we're black and i don't care what nobody says I'm sure I know there's science on this. There's probably not enough science on this. I mean, we we got a right to be a little bit afraid of water. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I sorry. Like that's we, like encoded in our DNA. Yeah, that's true. After that, I mean, you know, I don't want to get like into all the battles we've had around water. All of it. All of it. You, you know what you, I mean? Just yeah. Hear it, being able to get into it, mm-hmm. get something to drink that won't kill. All you. of it. Exactly. Like, you know, it's I get it. It's a thing. It's a I thing. It. And and I, I and but but hey, but but the water is dangerous. It is real. It is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you get yeah. some water angry enough, that's your house and everything else. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hey man, or even just a slow drip on a rock. Eventually it'll that's break it. Say, hey, man. Even, it just like case in point, we had this massive, like it wasn't a massive leak, it was like a, a leak that probably existed from the time we bought the house and we've been mm-hmm. here like almost 20 years yeah. and you know it was i mean the water pressure garbage we didn't yeah. we just thought water pressure is garbage that's what mm-hmm. it is whatever yeah that's time, a, that's a it thing. got worse and worse and worse and worse hey. and worse over time mm-hmm. and eventually they had to replace it it was a street access issue oh my god so they had to go out and we had to dig up all this stuff and get all these Ooh. licenses or whatever and we ain't had no water for like a day and change oh my god but that's but it's also too how black people do because we're so used to just having to adapt and adopt. Uh-huh. Because you can't like, you can't, if you're black and you're actually trying to do something successful in this world, you can't sit and sulk for so long when stuff goes bad. Right, you just kind of maneuver to the like, next thing. Like, oh, okay, the water pressure sucks. Well, water pressure is whack. 
I, I figured that's yeah. just what it is. Let's just mm-hmm. move on. I thing. Like I had been using like the same terrible knives that I had like from my first apartment hey. for years. And then I finally replaced them. And I was like, I was living in- Oh, wait a minute. You can cut things. It's- I was like, look at me cutting this salmon. Look at this meat. It's like it's butter. Hey. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But that's, listen, but that's the thing too. Like even with cooking, like it's something I, I take it up a little bit over the pandemic. Like I, my cooking used to be real rudimentary, you know, like- you know, chicken breast and maybe some salmon, you know, throw a little asparagus in the oven and, you know, a little bit of rice or quinoa, whatever. And that'd be like most of my meals. And then during the pandemic, I had some time. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can actually really try things. And cook, cook. Yeah. yeah. And I'm still working. I'm still, you know, because everything's expensive, which is another thing, too, <laughs> which is what I hate about the capitalism. Right. Because it's really? like. The good stuff is gonna cost you. Yo, now you know you might can look up on some things if you know how to shop, right? But, but if you just don't want to bother with all that, you just want to go straight to it. Yeah, you don't pay that. <laughs> but, any, any, but even with being able to shop, you gotta have access. That's it. You gotta get That's there. It. That's you it. Have a, you know, not not in New York. Like maybe. I'm in a rarefied place because yeah. I don't even I don't even go to the supermarket anymore. Really, at this point, I just get everything mm-hmm. delivered. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm privileged in in the way that i can pretty much order from anywhere and get what it is i want Mm -hmm. so like now it's wegmans wegmans has been oh i love wegmans i haven't stepped foot into the store it's been there for maybe a year Mm -hmm. or two here in new york never in brooklyn anyway never been there but i order from them religiously because everything is amazing right well high quality good stuff and i get my fish from them i get my meat from them and here's the thing fantastic and it's actually bakery items oh how you got to oh i know listen so i'm privileged that i could get that stuff brought to me same thing with target same thing oh whole foods same thing with whatever nonsense i decide yeah yeah. i'm lucky enough that i can do that but that's not the case like that stuff is not here in my neighborhood right right yeah i gotta get it from elsewhere to get it to me because before mm-hmm. you had to go out and go get it. Now I can have somebody right. else yeah. tip them nicely to bring yeah. me my things. And that matters, man. That and it matters. Does. It Access. Does. And that's the thing, too. I'm curious to see how life is going to go Yeah, with cities. Because are we going to go back to offices? I saw Google and them talking about they're extending the work from home. Yeah. So, yeah. Typically- I know Facebook said they're just going to go ahead till next year with it. I, it's been proven so you that don't means, have to be in an office to be yeah. productive, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and, and so for me, like, that's what I think too about sports journalism is other than games, I've kind of always worked remotely. Okay. Because in sports, you don't have to be in the newsroom the way that like other reporters are. Mm-hmm. Even though now, like our newsroom is pretty much empty. Like I, I went there the other day to record a podcast and there was nobody in there. Oh, wow. And so I saw that to say, like, I can, other than games and the travel for that, I could go weeks without going somewhere. Now, I, now I do miss going to it. Like I'm looking forward to that I'm fully vaccinated. I can go to a coffee shop again to write for a little bit and put my headphones on and, you know, work my head. Yeah, work. Yeah, so that's, that helps. But yeah, a lot of times I, I work from home anyway. So that right. adjustment other than games and typically when you cover games. So like, say if it's, say if I'm in New York, I'm covering Yankees, Pirate Yankees or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, I'd be at the ballpark around three. So to get there, now New York is a little different. Well, I, I'll use Pittsburgh as an example for this. So if I'm covering the Pirates game, game's at seven, 7.30 start, I can get to the ballpark at three. Clubhouse opens at 3.30 when the players talk to the players and stuff. 
And so I got the whole day. And plus, too, I'm going against traffic because nobody, you know, traffic's not going either way. And then by the time I'm done at night, I'm not dealing with traffic. Right. That was during normal times. So I probably haven't really been in a rush hour other than maybe like if I fly to LA for something and mm. depending on what time my flight is, then, you know, you're on the whatever those highways are. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah, so, there, but look, that them drives look like it's. It's rough. It's it's rough. I'd go nuts, and I'm not a driver. I'd go nuts. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I'm not even a driver, and I know I'd go crazy. <laughs> it's it's just because you're just sitting there. I mean, you know, if you have a good podcast on, yeah. okay, fine. But even then, it's like, okay, I just want to get because, like, you're, you're in the car. Want to get up? <laughs> yeah, you want to yeah. walk around a little bit. Yeah. Well, like, for, so for me, most of my life has been like, okay, I go to the grocery store between twelve and two. If I go to the store. Because even now it's still not crowded. I, I do still like going because sometimes it, it might be my one time going out somewhere. So yeah, I can have like a standing nail appointment that gets me out of the house. Okay. You know, like little appointments, like and it's almost always around some vanity shit. But like that's what Amen. Listen. Listen. Like other than that, and I don't miss outside. I do not. <laughs> I miss elements of it. Like I, I, I miss a nice restaurant, like a mm. good dinner, with uh, like, like a, a good epic brunch with friends. Because I didn't yes. realize how much of my socialization was surrounded by food. And oh well, that too. Like just oh. a quick something at the bar or a quick mm-hmm. something at the. It's never quick, but it's you know you do it. But yeah, no, I mean like listen, there, there is something to be said for okay, hey, it's happy hour, and I just you know that's when I right. sit there and have a drink or a meal or, you know, get some something nice on then, you know, go home and be around people. So I definitely have missed those interactions of human. It plus two with covering sports. It's like, you know, you get a game and like, there's this bar I used to love in New York and they closed it called Foley's. Oh yes, Foley's. Oh, you know Foley's? Yeah. Yeah, it was a really popular spot for all the Yankees fans. Yeah. That was my every time I'm in New York, I always would go there, man. Because wow. it's, and it's and you know the owners were really cool and they followed me on Twitter and they Aww. were really cool to the yeah. And when I saw they close that, it yeah, it broke There's my a heart. A lot of stuff that's just not coming back here. I don't know what the city's gonna look like, really. <sighs> However, the end of this thing looks because I feel like I it's gonna go much longer because everybody's stupid. Man, people but, still playing. People still playing like this thing ain't real. I like, just think it's not like like it can't come get you and do well, you up. I just saw a player, I think his name was uh, Jalen, plays for the uh, Celtics, um, who was talking about how he, Jalen Brown, he was, you know, kid was talking about how he still, he had to use an inhaler after. It's real. Yeah, he's you haven't like, even never scratched had the surface of yeah. what a holdover of this is going to be. And because of the stories that I'm hearing about the long haulers who who got COVID early and are still battling with the fallout from it, and people who just had it who are struggling to breathe, like people like I was like, I'm not gonna play myself out these streets. I am a fat hey. asthmatic, not me. Not hey, me. listen. Listen, speaking of that, talk about how things benefit you. I listen, I, I, I've been lucky. That's to how be, I got on with the listen. vaccine, B. I was yeah. like, thick thighs do save lives, baby. Hey, there you go. <laughs> listen, my primary purpose told me, he's like, hey, Mdubias, you're losing weight. You're doing really good with that. I'm really proud of you. Go get vaccinated now before your BMI gets under 30. 
<laughs> and so I was like, right at that point, he it was wasn't like, even like checking. They were like, but that's something too. They like a fat to us. All right, fuck it. <laughs> just, just get it to you. Hey, here you go. Here you go. Pop, pop, go. Which is which also too is because I've talked to people in some states where like the the, the testing sites were very strict and rigid yeah. about yeah. checking it. In some states, are just like, all right, here you go. Like, <laughs> at least at the place I went. They would. They, they just wanted to make sure you were because you were who you said you were. Yeah, right. Because I went to Medgar Evers College to get my vaccination. Okay. Yeah. So like they wanted to make sure because they kept that to just the surrounding area in that part of Brooklyn, and my zip code was part of the surrounding area, and that's how I got mm-hmm. in. So it was like, oh, are, how old are you? Are you an old fat? Are you just a fat? <laughs> are you an asthmatic fat? Are you, which things do you can you I'm giving you all a big list of things? Yeah. The one that fits you. Yeah. Now they don't care. It's like 16 and up. Everybody get in here, come in here and get this. Get it. But when I, I mean, you know, they literally just opened it. It was like clockwork. It was probably the easiest time I've ever had dealing with any kind of government entity in my man. entire life. I, 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 was, it was in, it was out, it was perfunctory. I sat my little 15 minutes and I was out. Yep. Same, 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 same. And here's the funny thing. I saw a tweet. <laughs> I can't remember who said it. They're like, you know, when you show up to get your COVID shot, it's all simple and easy. Imagine if the rest of healthcare was that way. Can you goddamn imagine it? Listen, you ain't have to worry about paying nothing. You ain't have to worry like, about just nothing. show up, B. Just show like, up we and got we got you. you. Like, I mean, could you? I mean, because because here's here's the wild part about health. And they want me to believe that we can't do this type of shit. This is what tells you you can fucking do it. And here's the wild part about healthcare in this country. You're already exploiting people. You're already taking advantage of them. Wouldn't you want them to be healthy? How about and, it? And since you're already taking advantage of them. So like you got these people working 40,000 hours and not going to the bathroom. Them people need free health care. Right. You and, can't but, keep them running like that yeah, without them being able to check themselves out. Listen, I'm I'm very lucky. I have a, a black male primary care physician who's also a heavier dude. Mm-hmm. Actually thinks I'm smart and actually listens to me when I say Which is things. Nice because we don't get that the black ladies. Oh, man, the ladies period, but the black ladies even less. <laughs> oh my god! Well, like so, like each one I worked in Tallahassee, I worked in healthcare for a while, healthcare reporting, mm-hmm. so I did healthcare, fitness, food, and I got introduced to infant mortality rates, and mm-hmm. then I got introduced to the disparity mm-hmm. in the mortality rates, and it changed everything about how I view women, how I view black women in particular, because, you know, at first you're kind of like, oh, well, you could, you believe the stereotypes. Oh, well, yeah, the black woman, they, you know, they don't have dads and they don't have this and they don't, I mean, it's all, it's all BS. Of course, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, it's all lies, but I mean, but it's an easy narrative to go down. Yeah, it's like the, and, the old, the old, um, you know, welfare mom. Welfare mom, yep, Reagan, yeah. Like, that was a white lady. Yeah. And so what? And where's, where's your narrative? Exactly. <laughs> The welfare queen, right? Geez, that whole thing, right? So you know, you kind of, you kind of, oh well, that's why it's happening. But then you look, and and we actually did the numbers disparity in care, man. Hey, well, like it gets to that point where we talked about Serena earlier, and how it kind of mm-hmm. tie back into sports, where mm-hmm. you know she couldn't get the right thing. A she wealthy black get, woman who was at right. the top of her game mm-hmm. as married, an athlete, married that everybody to a knows. Wealthy white man, yeah. Married to a super wealthy white man. Yeah, on top of it. They are having a child. Mm-hmm. And she is trying to advocate for herself. The and basics of didn't want to listen to her. It's the same shit with Beyonce, too. Yeah. Beyonce, yeah. too. What? 
Beyonce. <laughs> Imagine all that. Wow. And you get these and you're people. a regular smegulagula black lady. Right, right. Right. And then heaven forbid you're a little plus size. Or Correct. Forbid, because let me tell you, I've had doctors where everything, everything, and I'm I this is quarantine fat here. Mm-hmm. I this is the biggest I've ever been in my life. And it's the you know, but I wasn't even at this size. I was, you know, I've always kept the same clothing size, but like yeah it's weird bodies do weird shit but anyway i had a doctor who every time i said something was wrong with me no matter what it was no blood work no nothing it was you're a fat you should try (laughs) have you tried have you thought about losing right to weight loss yo i had what uh a dentist because again again, it's something because i had missed some time you know because i mean i was freelancing listen i was freelancing I ain't had no money. And so I couldn't afford dental care because dental care is expensive. So even with insurance, that shit is expensive. Heck yeah, it is, man. Shoot, I not too long ago, I I had to, you know, I pay like down there four thousand dollars for a a periodontal root scaling clean and had to pay it out of pocket. And yeah, because you know, and this is being very full disclosure of times when i didn't have a lot of money and resources mm-hmm. your credit gets sucks and mm-hmm. and so the place who had the credit for the place is a synchrony bank and well i i, I may not have paid off a tj max card one time and because <laughs> i it was because i had to you know buy nice clothes to look the part of right you know, so you could get in yeah. the rooms exactly so i can get in them rooms and move and you know i, I couldn't afford to go so anyway you know I, yeah synchrony bank and they, they told me no they said oh you still owe us money for this <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, you could. I was like, so if I pay, and it was like maybe like, any, it was like four hundred, five hundred dollars. I'm like, well, if I pay y'all that money, will y'all give me, you know, we did, we didn't give me the credit. They're like, well, we can't promise that. But, we'll but you can still money. pay. We take your money. I'm like, well, shit, I, I'm like, I basically put the five hundred dollars towards the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> towards the care. I'm like, like it's it. it so you can't even tell me that you're gonna guarantee me yes if I pay you this money. So. They're like, well, they're like, well, like, well, yeah, because we don't know if you're gonna pay us again. It's like, all right, man, whatever, dog. And that's so funny, like these little penny ante bullshit. And then there's like oh. whole rich cats just going, well, not paying that multi-million jaunt that came due. I'm gonna go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump be like, oh, I'm not paying these people who the work for me. Of that bullshit. I'm gonna take them to court, and they gonna sit in court for the next you ten know, years. And, and I'm not gonna pay anybody involved. The lawyer's not getting paid. Y'all not getting paid. Nobody Nobody's getting paid. getting paid. All of y'all can suck <laughs> it. <laughs> but anywho, so that was my last question. Oh, Shout out to getting to the end. <laughs> Ah, this sucker's a marathon, baby. Man, I hope you got a good editing system going on. <laughs> I'm gonna put it to use because I usually oh. don't have to do a lot of editing. Jeez. Um, Jeez, uh, so, where can the people find you, and what are you working on? All right, so you can find me. I, my work goes in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. There's a couple side products I can't really put out right now, but you can find me on Twitter at nwillborn19. That's actually all my social media. Um, IG snapchat i don't really snapchat too much but i got it and clubhouse you can find me on there mostly in the ozark room really i've anyway because you there. know but, like when you first joined like clubhouse oh it's a new toy yeah. i'm gonna go down to things la 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 and then i was like but this sounds terrible like it and, sounds like like 
especially in those really big rooms, it sounds like the worst conference call you've ever been on on your life. Well, it's it's basically going- Or you're like, just everybody's muted. <laughs> it's, basically, it's going on a bunch of panels that you're not getting paid to be on. That's exactly and it. It's like, okay, if you're trying to jump your stuff off, cool, we can go in there and I'll go in and I'll see what people are saying and, and see what it is. But, you know, I- I would go into them hallways and look at some of these rooms. I'm like, why are y'all suggesting this to me? <laughs> I, I had all these like Bitcoin rooms and Forex trading ass rooms. I'm like, is it scammer day? I know. Like I, I had so many of those, a lot of get rich quick rooms. And man, I just, I don't even go in them joints, man. Like I said, I, I, oh, I skate right by. And then hey, there's some that it's like some rap cats running it. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm not even. But, you know, but. The app introduced me to you, and I wouldn't have, I probably would not have met you this way. It's so, true. It's the only so, good thing that thing's done. Hey, listen. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no. But man, Maxine, this has been a ball, man. Oh, God, I could do this again. So, we, oh, you're welcome to come back. You're listen. definitely welcome to come back. I'm glad <laughs> we're able to do this. And it's, it was a ball for me, too. And that was my discussion with the ever loquacious and detailed. <laughs> New Bias Wilborn. It was such a fun conversation. And um, I did get an education on sports ball because it all falls into history in the end, doesn't it? So I hope you guys enjoyed. So now let's get in to these key takeaways. So today's one and only key takeaway is uh, don't get gassed off of what all is happening out here. Um, with these reopenings and shit. I feel like I say this shit every week, but I feel like it bears repeating because I, I don't know, man. I feel like people are stupid and, and getting lulled to sleep in a false sense of security behind these vaccines dropping and like the numbers. I don't really know because, you know, they kind of stopped mentioning that shit. What kind of lets you know to like probably sus. Anyway, our stupid ass governor in an attempt to Bigfoot the mayor of this city I live in, um, opened all the shit at 100% today, which is Wednesday, May 19th, because jabroni. And um, our big dumb fucking mayor, he was, he was really not that dumb. He's stupid like a fox, but fuck him too. Anyway, he was trying to get everything open for the most part on July 1st, which made more sense but because Big Nose McGee upstate is really shaking all the shiny things so that we won't notice that he's a fucking scumbag sex pest, um, opened all the shit today. So everything's open, 100%, um, you know, capacity in the spots. I was making appointments to go to the gym. You don't got to do that no more. You can still go to the gym. You can just bop to the gym now with, you know, no appointment and... Um, they'll, they'll still have capacity. Basically they're leaving it up to these companies and these businesses and everything else to, um, decide what they want to do with mass mandates as well. Because, um, you know, if you've been vaccinated, they're gassing you at the CDC saying, ah, you could be mouth fucking the air, all brazy in these streets and inside you could be mouth fucking the air of other, all these dirty motherfuckers if you're vaccinated and everything basically it, it accounts to an honor system. Now, 600,000 motherfuckers are dead. And let's be real. 
that is an undercounted number. We know this and it'll come out. Just wait for it. Mark my words. The number is higher. But anyway, everybody was supposed to do what the fuck they were supposed to do on the honor system throughout this whole endeavor, this whole fucking ordeal. And then one motherfucker could do that. Bare minimum. Stay your fucking ass in the house if you can. Put a piece of, um, you know, something on your face so you don't breathe dirty shit all over everybody else. Think of the people who are the most vulnerable amongst you. And Americans could not do that shit. They couldn't fucking do it in any way, shape, or form. They couldn't stay their asses where the fuck they was at. Nah, they had to travel. They had to get on the plane. They had to get fig fig tests done. They had to. They just had to. They couldn't fucking help themselves. So now, bitches are acting like shit is sweet. Like we're not still in the middle of a whole Panamera. And <laughs> bitches are getting lulled to sleep. Keep your fucking asses awake, bitch. Because this fucking thing is not done. And people are still getting sick and people are still dying. And globally, people still ain't getting to the vaccines, B. Like, they just now get into the elderly where they at in some parts of the world. And in other parts of the world, because they have ineffectual leadership too, Cass is dropping dead all up in the place. Look at fucking India, B. Look at Brazil. Like, don't give, don't go to sleep on this shit, friends. Wake your fucking asses up. Keep your goddamn masks on. Keep washing your hands. There was a a fraction of deaths from the flu last year. The average is about 36,000. There was only 1,000 deaths from the flu last year. You know why that was? Because during flu season, we covered our faces, we washed our hands, and we fucking shellacked ourselves in Purell. That's why. That's why you keep your fucking mask popping forever, because that's what the fuck I'm doing. And vacuum or none, it's popping, popping over here. I don't give a fuck. And I want a motherfucker to try me in these streets while I'm minding my black ass business with my fucking mask on in public places so they can find out what the fuck is really up. Anyway, that said, um, keep your masks on. Keep washing your hands. Keep that Purell on decky. And... Don't let these motherfuckers lull your ass to sleep because they want to open up all the shit and get this money rolling. Because, you know, if capitalism, one more time, if capitalism doesn't need anything else, it needs blood and bone and it will fucking wring you dry so that the party keeps on going and the rich keep getting their money. And that's really what it's all about. Because now the narrative is all about getting people back to normal like normal wasn't the thing that fucking killed us in the first place but a lot of people have seen the jokes so it's not going to be as easy as they thought so they're going to force the issue but don't be fucking fooled keep your shit tight and keep taking care of yourselves and keep taking care of others and i will see you next week